It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it, because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by New York Lottery. Thanks so much for tuning in. With you for the next 60 minutes, he is Paul Dottino. I'm Lance Meadow. Multiple ways you can interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring at 973-667-1960. You can also interact with us on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. I'm at Lance Meadow, one word, last name, M-E-D-O-W. He is at Giants W-F-A-N. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, Podcast platforms everywhere and at Giants.com slash podcast. And as always, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery. or also by the new X series of scratch-offs from the New York Lottery. Now you can multiply your winnings up to 200 times. Please play responsibly. So we'll continue our free agent preview. We'll get into the running back class with respect to the Giants as well as around the league. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll get to your tweets along the way. Paul, how's everything on your end? Doing well, Lance. Uh, how are you? I will say this before we go any further. Another week has uh, gone into the books, and the quarterback carousel that is the NFL uh, continues to turn, and yet we don't have any more landing spots. So I think that's kind of a, a bit of anticipation for all of us involved in this league right now. Well, there's always going to be speculation. I think some of the speculation, though, as a side note, is a bit overkill. You know, people are now talking about Russell Wilson being traded, which is absolutely ridiculous in my mind. Yeah, I don't any- think that's happening. Well, if anybody listened to actually the entire interview that he did with Dan Patrick, he never criticized the team, nor did he ever say that he wanted out of Seattle. He simply brought up the fact, and it's a fact because it's backed up by statistics, that he's been hit a lot. And that he can't continue to be hit at that rate if he has hopes of playing another decade in the NFL. So It might be hard to do. <laughs> I, exactly, right? I mean, think about this. He's been sacked nearly oh. 400 times in his career. And he's only been in the NFL for nine seasons. Brett Favre, who is the all-time sack absorber, if you want to word it that way, in NFL history, was sacked 525 times. So do the math. If he's about 125 sacks away from tying Brett Favre, and Favre played 20 seasons in the NFL, and Russ has played nine, how many more seasons do you think he needs till he gets to 525 and then some? You know, so, it's so interesting. That was his point. You, you talk about him. You talk about Brett Favre. You talk about Eli Manning also. Guys who have been incredibly superhuman durable, and yet What's the common thread? All three of those guys uh, got pounded, sure. pounded in the backfield. It's truly amazing. Those three just really stand out. Even Phillip Rivers is another guy who took his share of hits, too, over his career and amazingly was able to put together a, a, an incredible streak. Well, and interestingly, from the quarterbacks you mentioned, the one thing they have in common they had not missed a game due to injury. And Russell Wilson has been extremely fortunate. I think it says a lot about his durability. But when you look at the amount of hits that some of those QBs have absorbed and their teams can still rely on them from suiting up each and every day, I mean, I think that says a lot about what they've been capable of doing. So that has been something that has been in the news as of late, which I think is quite ridiculous. I know a lot of people like to speculate. We need some time to fill, but I think there's far more important things to talk about than whether or not (laughs) Russell Wilson is going to be traded this offseason. Now, as far as free agency at other positions, the running back position for the Giants is probably, from a volume standpoint, Paul, the one position where they have some of the most free agents. Because when you look at the depth chart for the Giants – 
Alfred Morris, Wayne Goleman, Deion Lewis, who are all running backs that filled in for Saquon Barkley this season, they're all scheduled to hit the market. And probably Wayne Goleman is the most attractive one of the three because you could argue he really helped elevate his case in terms of how productive he was this season. But those other two guys have had their fair share of experience in the NFL. I think it's a matter of, you know, what the Giants want as complementary pieces to Saquon Barkley. But I also think they need to prepare themselves, Paul, that Saquon Barkley is coming off, not that he has a history of not being able to play through injury or recovering, but a torn ACL is no joke. And I think you also need to have an insurance policy. God forbid there is an aggravation of that injury or he can't suit up for 16 games. Yeah, you know, Lance, this is what makes it a difficult question for you and I to discuss. I mean, we have to hypothetically, but without knowing exactly how Saquon Barkley is doing, now we've seen him do the media circuit uh, during the last few weeks. And he says he's doing well, seems to be on schedule. Obviously, you know, he's got some mobility, but he hasn't begun running yet from from what we have been told. So to predict what he's going to be like in September is really a stretch for, for guys like you and me. Now, the Giants medical staff, they can have a better handle on that, but that doesn't mean they know for sure. And so Dave Gettleman and the personnel department have to take all the information that they can gather and try to make an educated decision. Do the Giants want to spend the kind of capital they need, whether it's in the draft or out of their wallets, for a guy who could be a 1A? Could it be a guy who is a 2? Is it a guy who they're going to determine is going to be a change of pace guy? Is it a guy they're going to add as a third down back? Or are they going to add a combination of any of those things? still thinking that Barkley is number one. And until they get that question solidified on their tabletops, they're not going to be able to move forward. The bad news is you're going to have to move forward because free agency is going to be coming up real quickly, and the draft is going to be coming up right after that. So, you know, we can talk about it, and there are certainly some some guys I might have an eye on. I do think the draft is deep. In running backs, I do think you can even get one on the third day that could be a good complementary back or maybe a good 1A back. So I'm not so sure that the Giants need to spend a lot of money to acquire a veteran. No, I'm with you. I think, though, you probably could get a veteran running back if you want to go that route and you don't have to break open the piggy bank. I mean, let's face it. It's not as if they spent a boatload of money on a guy like Deion Lewis, for example. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you could go out and get a Deion Lewis-esque type of running back if they didn't want to necessarily bring him back. I do think there is value in trying to bring back some of the running backs that are familiar with Jason Garrett's offense and are familiar with how Joe Judge and company are going to run things. I do think, though, of the three that are set to hit free agency, I think Goldman is going to get some interest, Paul. I think he mm-hmm. proved that he could. You know, if a team wants him as a 1A or a 1B, he's more than capable of doing that. And I thought he was very productive. I think he's versatile. So I think the Giants could have some competition if they want to bring back Wayne Goldman. And I wouldn't be surprised if Goldman even says to the Giants, hey, I like it here. I'm glad that you may show interest in bringing me back, but I think at this stage in my career, I want to be able to spread my wings and see what other interests I could get around the league. I could absolutely see it play out that way. Well, he has to understand the possibility that he will go back to being not just a 1A, but maybe a 2 if Barkley comes back fully healthy. Sure. And he's able to uh, establish 
that he can handle the touches and the carries and the workload that he usually was able to do. So Goldman has to keep that in the back of his mind. Like, okay, you know, maybe he's happy being a 1A, but you may not be able to be a 1A with the Giants. So, yeah, he's got a lot of soul-searching to do here as well. It's not just the Giants that have to consider all the possibilities, but so does he, which is why, to me, okay, I was disappointed in Lewis's overall production. So if, if it were me of the three running back free agents that are on the Giants roster right now, I would, believe it or not, be more inclined to tell Alfred Morris that if you're willing to come back on a one-year minimum, non-guaranteed, to come and earn a job in training camp on the 53, I'd be glad to have you back. It's also going to be interesting. I know we brought this up when we were discussing quarterbacks in great detail, the structure of the practice squad, because if you have the ability to put a veteran on your practice squad again next season, then having a guy like Alfred Morris maybe start on the practice squad and then you elevate him in the wake of an injury. Remember, Devontae Freeman was another guy that they had brought in. So Mm -hmm. we've seen a number of running backs who are all veterans. I mean, that was the common theme. And the Giants maybe stored them on the practice squad, and then as things developed during the course of the season, they were able to call them up. If you don't have that luxury, then I think you want to probably find a way to have some balance in terms of grooming a younger guy So they could very well go to a later round in the draft to find a running back. And then at the same time, have that veteran who is the complementary piece to Saquon Barkley, who also could assume a major role, meaning you could give him 12 to 15 carries a game in the event that Saquon goes down. I think you want to find a balance between both of those factors because here's the thing. Behind Saquon Barkley, there really isn't another young running back, Paul, on this roster right now that you would say, hey, maybe, you know, two years down the road, this is somebody that could blossom into a good piece of the offensive puzzle and also could step in and fill in for Saquon Barkley if need be. I don't think they have that as it stands right now on the roster. They don't. No, they don't. And, you know, which is why, you know, I think it's pretty likely the Giants will take a running back somewhere during the three-day draft. I think it'll be later rather than sooner. Uh, I could obviously see them taking one in day three, and it wouldn't surprise me if they wound up grabbing a couple of undrafted rookie free agents, to be frank with you. And we've seen them come in over the years with some decent credentials and actually have some decent training camps and then, you know, wind up not making it. But, I mean, remember the the fellow from Rutgers who came in uh, two years ago? And, you know, actually last year even he had the concussion uh, during the the preseason in, in, in that one game. Uh, not last year, the year before, I should say. Uh, you talk about John Hilleman? Hilleman. Yeah. In, in, 20, in 2019, he came in, had himself a nice preseason, had the concussion the one week, but came back, and actually was able to get on the roster and even, even got some touches. There, you know, a guy like that can help round out the depth chart, and you don't have to look so far to find them. Those, those kinds of guys, I, I don't want to disrespect them, but they're dime a dozen kinds of guys. You can find those fellas on, on the supermarket shelf. So you don't have to necessarily devote a tremendous amount of resources to get a fill-out-the-depth-chart kind of guy. 
Akeem Grant's another name I'd throw out, the undrafted rookie out of Purdue. This goes back to 2015. Now, he ultimately did not make the roster because he was put on IR as they were finalizing the roster, but that was another guy who showed some flashes. Not to say that he was going to be a guy that you were going to give 15 carries a game to, but between special teams and complementary running back material, I think he fit that bill. So, yeah, you're right. I think the Giants have had a track record of, hey, maybe we don't want to use a draft pick, but... We like the class of undrafted players. We'll bring them in. We'll let them compete, and we'll see if we can find something in that department. That, I think, they've proven over the last few years. Now, if the Giants do want to entertain free agency, and there's always going to be the group of players that you figure are going to get a great deal of interest and probably going to demand some money, especially if a team is hungry slash desperate to have a name. So the Todd Gurley's of the world, the Leonard Fournette's of the world are two guys that I think would fit under that umbrella. And I don't think the Giants need to go down that road anyway because you have Saquon coming back. But I want to throw out some names, Paul, that I think perhaps could be individuals that maybe the Giants would want to entertain that I think would be a good complimentary piece to Saquon Barkley if they wanted to go the route of free agency. Okay. One guy is Jarek McKinnon. Oh, he's has, on my list. Okay. How did you well, there do you go. that, Lance? How did you do that? Great minds think alike, I guess. Wow. I, he, I, my list is short. I got two guys, and McKinnon is one of the two. My list is short, too, and he is the top guy on my list because McKinnon, before you jump in, he was with the San Francisco 49ers. He unfortunately has dealt with injuries over the last few years, but if you notice what San Francisco did, and we saw this firsthand when they played the Giants early last season— they mixed and matched running backs. And when you play for San Francisco, the way Kyle Shanahan operates, you could be the number one back one week, and then all of a sudden the next week you could be getting five carries. you got to make the most of it. So I like the fact that McKinnon, he's been a part of an offensive philosophy where he knows he has to stay ready, but he can take a small volume of carries and still be very productive, and he also could catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that is an ideal fit for what the Giants would need. I don't have a problem with anything that you said. And, again, he's the kind of guy who I don't view as a 1A necessarily. You know, sure. I just view him as a guy who can help fill out the depth chart and be, be a 2, or for that matter, he certainly has the hands to be a third down back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, again, that's one of the two names that I have here. I wonder if you got my other guy, too. My other well, guy, throw out your my, other name. My, I mean, we my, should go back my, and forth here. Well, my, my, my other guy, he's going to cost you a little bit more money, and that's why I'm not sure, depending upon what kind of price he wanted. And I'm basing this, by the way, we should tell people that when you consider these types of guys, you're going to want to look at what they made last year because that'll be a good starting point or at least a gauge as to what you think the market might bear for them. Now, McKinnon made $1.1 million with the 49ers last year and voided his deal. So that's why he's he's available. I don't know. Is he going to be looking to get a raise off of that? Uh, I, I can't really say for sure. But there's a guy who made a little bit more money than that. In fact, he was up at the uh, $3 million mark and category. He's a bit more of a 1A guy, and that's Mike Davis from the Carolina Panthers, who also has shown the ability to carry the ball a little bit more than McKinnon, and also has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He is a multifaceted back. Now, again, 28 years old, so he is on the younger side. He's not over 30. 
So he does have that on his on his uh, resume, as well as the fact that at times he has been more than just a little bit of a complimentary back. He has carried a little bit more of the load. Again, he made three million last year. I don't know what the price is and the market is going to be for veteran backs, but if you could get him for maybe less money than that, he would be a guy I'd be interested in. Well, and that is somebody that was called upon to fill in for Christian McCaffrey and somebody that obviously has a variety of roles, I would say, over the course of his career. You know, you're looking for a running back that I think, you know, part of this is also mental, in my opinion, Paul, where you bring in a guy, he has to understand, listen, we have Saquon Barkley, and you got to be naive if you don't realize you're coming to the Giants, they're not going to all of a sudden bump Saquon Barkley down to appease you. So Correct. mentally, I think you have to have the right frame of mind if you're coming to the Giants in free agency. That's got to be the number one thing before you even talk about the skill set. You've got to have an individual that's willing to buy in and accept what you want out of them. Well, Lance, so I agree with you. This way. Look at it this way. Mike Davis was a starter basically all season because of, or almost all season because of McCaffrey's injury. And to yeah. be honest, the Panthers, I don't think his production was so awesome that they're willing to say, okay, you're going to get starting caliber money. Because quite frankly, to me, all he did this year as a starter for most of the season was prove that he's a 1A. He's not a 1. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I don't think that Carolina is breaking open the piggy bank. I think in their mind, they could say to themselves, we can easily find somebody else that, God forbid, McCaffrey goes down, can fill in. So, I hate to say it, but he's kind of on the same shelf as Wayne Goldman, isn't he? Yeah, I would say that. I, I think maybe Goldman a little bit more versatility, maybe I would argue, though. But if you want to talk about mindset ballpark, I think it's fair to put them in the same category. Yeah. Well, that's why he was the other guy on my list. <laughs> now, I have a few other names I want to throw out. One guy is probably not going to be realistic because he's a restricted free agent. Oh. I do think he'd be a good fit is Boston Scott of the Eagles. I think Boston Scott, what he could do is the perfect complimentary back to Saquon Barkley. But remember, when you're a restricted free agent, if your current team puts a tender on you, there's only so much wiggle room you have, and then the other team would really have to break it open, open the piggy bank to get you. So I don't think he's realistically going to be able to negotiate with other teams, but he would fit the bill. So I wanted to at least throw his name out there, but realistically, I don't think he's going to actually hit free agency where he could sign with another team. Then I was I looking concur, at— I concur, by the way. I don't think the Eagles will let him get away. Well, and I, I think they'd be wise to not let him get away because I think he's a really good, valuable component. And I know they've got a new head coach and a new scheme, but I like his skill set. Then I was looking also at the opposite end of the spectrum because, you know, those are maybe some of younger guys that we we're throwing out. I was also looking at, well, maybe if the Giants want to bring in somebody that is over 30 but maybe didn't have as much wear and tear this season who I think also could come in, be a short yardage guy, still has some gas in the tank. And I want to throw out the name. And this is a name that Giants fans should be familiar with, Mark Ingram, who did not get a lot of play this year, Paul, with the Baltimore Ravens because mm -hmm. they had younger guys on the roster who they wanted to give opportunities. But I think if you go to Mark Ingram and you say, hey, Mark, we want you to be a goal line back. We want you to be that third down back. I think he has the ability to catch the ball to the backfield. I think maybe it's beneficial that he didn't play a lot this season. I don't think there's anything wrong with maybe throwing out some interest to him and seeing if he wants to accept that type of a role. 
Well, you got a big problem there, though, because not only do you have to consider the age at 32, you're also looking at a guy who made five million this past year. I know the money is there, but a lot of games. True, but here's the thing: the mindset. I guess I'm aiming at. I mean, does he realistically think he's going to get that money at this stage in his career? Don't know. You know, this is a guy. I mean, what is he? A year removed from a thousand yard season. You know, he he's he's put up a hell of a resume now. This is not a this is not a nickel and dime guy you just pull off of the, the, the shelf. This this is a guy who's got an established career. And I don't know. I I, I got a hunch he probably is going to be thinking a little bit more about his value and worth than you are. I don't think that's going to be an easy pry because the Ravens are going to be contenders again this year. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt they will be contenders in 2021. And why would he want to uproot again? When, you know, he hasn't been there a real long time. He's been around the league a while. But why not just stay there and and fill whatever role it is that they have for him? Who knows? Maybe he starts 10 games again this year. I, I can't tell you, you know, that he won't. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. I think he stays. Well, keep in mind, Gus Edwards is a free agent, too. And he was one of the three backs that they had in Baltimore. I think, though, the writing is on the wall that J.K. Dobbins – based on sure. what he did as a rookie, they want him to be the guy. I, I could see them re-signing Paul Gus Edwards, which means I would argue I think Ingram is the odd man out. Mm. So I don't think he's going to have the choice to be brought back. You and think I think so. also, if you look at what happened this season, Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, even made this clear to the media. He had conversations with Mark Ingram, and they said, hey, it's nothing against you, but we can only dress so many running backs each week. Right. He was a healthy scratch because they wanted Dobbins to get more and more playing time as the season went on. So I think if you're Ingram, you're probably looking for a team that actually wants to play you this season. Well, let me ask you this. You're sure that Edwards is coming back? No, I'm not sure, but... If I'm Baltimore, and once again, this is just my ideology, my thinking, and you had the choice, do you want Edwards back? Do you want Ingram back? I'm, I'm bringing back Gus Edwards. That's who I'm investing well, in. I, I don't disagree with you, but I don't necessarily know that that's going to happen because, again, if you're Gus Edwards and you're saying, hey, I've done some good things in this league. I've been a part-time starter. I have certainly put some good stuff on tape. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. He's a capable back. This is a guy who's probably in Wayne Goldman's mentality about a year or two ago where he's still thinking, why haven't I gotten a chance to be a full-time starter yet? And if Edwards thinks that, he may not be so quick to resign with Baltimore, especially since he made peanuts last year. Yeah, he made, I think, what, 750000 if That's I'm looking at the numbers correctly. not a lot of money for correctly. a guy who, who has his production. Uh, he's definitely looking to take the next step up. I agree with you there. But I think Baltimore also would say, hey, we'd rather throw him more money than try to bring back Mark Ingram on a salary where he's deserving of that because of where he is in terms of his volume of work and the service that he's put into the league. I think they would rather put a lot of more, more money towards uh, Gus Edwards. I think they probably would Ingram. too. If I were them, I would go with your logic. The question remains, does Edwards see it the same way? Well, and also depending on the interest that he may receive outside no of the organization. There's no doubt. Uh, no doubt about that. As we move along here on Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, we'll get into more on the running back front. So decisions that the Giants need to make in terms of their own free agents versus guys that they could show interest in on the open market. 
And a reminder, limited giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or you can place a deposit for individual games. You can call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. 973-667-1960. That is the telephone number. Let's head to the phone lines. We've got Marty weighing in on the line. What's happening, Marty? Hey, how you doing, Lance? Uh, this is for Paul, because I know Paul loves the tight ends. Uh, uh, but well, I, I'm not I, anti-tight I have... end. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Let's an affection for the position, though, that's for sure. I've picked out a bunch of good ones over the years. Well, I was wondering if you uh, saw what I saw, because I, I did tape the uh, senior ball practices and the game, and yep. uh, I really liked the kid from uh, Georgia, McKitty. Uh Big kids like uh, 6'6", 257, 258, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, in-line guy and uh, looked like he'd be a nice weapon to have along with uh, if we did go with uh, Pitts in the first round. Uh, he would be a nice in-line guy that could uh, slide off the edge rusher and uh, get out into traffic there and cause some chaos. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a heck of an athlete. Was. I agree with you. I liked him. Uh, I mentioned the other day on a show last week, you may have heard it, I have a handful. I literally have like five tight ends who are on my radar after Pitts goes early in the first round. I don't know if the Giants are going to get a shot at him at 11 or not. But if they don't take Pitts or if he's gone, then I'm immediately going to be thinking about these other five guys who are on my radar. McKinney is one of those five guys. So you've let that cat out of the bag, which means some other team's going to take him. <laughs> but, yes, yeah. I agree with you. I absolutely do agree with you. I think this is a guy who, who has a lot of versatility. Uh, he did have, at one point during his, his college career, he had a knee that, you know, people are going to look at that and say, okay, what's the situation? But uh, I, I think I don't think there's any residue there. And again, if medical said that his knee was fine and not going to be an issue, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he he's going to be a good quality NFL tight end. I, I like him. Yeah. I absolutely like him. Well, he's got good measurements. I mean, I think the thing with McKitty is, and I mean, if you look at just the history of Georgia, they don't really utilize the tight end, specifically him. So he didn't put up really big numbers, and maybe that's good for a team that really likes him because maybe he'll fall under the radar a bit. But I like how he looks. I like the size. And he, I thought he did have a really productive week in terms of the senior bowl practices. He didn't necessarily wow everybody in the game itself, not that you need to do that. So, you know, it's possible that a lot of people look at him as a potential guy. Hey, we get him in. He's our number two tight end. We work him up. Actually, I could think of when the Cowboys had Jason Witten. If you remember, they drafted Martellus Bennett. And then Martellus Bennett wanted to branch out. He came to the Giants. He had that breakout year. Maybe he has a similar track to uh, Martellus Bennett, Trey McKitty. I wouldn't be surprised if that's his trajectory. What I want to remind you about him, too, okay, uh, remember now, because of that knee, he missed the early part of the season. So he only played the second half, and he's a guy who they moved around a lot. He played some, some stand-up slot, uh, as, a, as you know, like Kelsey would. 
He also was was down and also play, played a little bit as like an H-back kind of guy. So this is a guy who has done different things. And maybe, maybe with the proper coaching at the NFL level, when he gets more of a chance to work with a professional NFL coach, they can polish him up even more. I think he's a tad raw because of the way he was he moved around and the time that he lost when he was at Georgia. But I'm with you that I see a lot of potential there, and I think he would be a terrific second or third day pick. Probably more like, oh, I don't know. Ah, depends on how high the people start valuing these tight ends. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere maybe as high as the third round. Does that sound like uh, you know you'd be you'd be tempted to take a shot at him? Yeah, at that at that point. Uh... Yeah, because like you said, I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. I mean, I was watching him, and his, his hands uh, really uh, aren't half bad. When it's such, no, when no, he can catch, and he's, and he's athletic. Yeah. But, he, but the thing yeah. is, if you're going to take him there, you're going to really be relying more on what you think is the upside and the potential. Because if you're strictly going on his production, okay, the production doesn't just flash off the page. So – you could easily say, oh, he's going to go fourth or fifth round. You're not, you're not yeah. going to take him in the third unless you are literally like, man, oh, man, oh, man, this guy is such a steal. He's got so much upside, and I know it's in him. Well, then maybe you reach in the third. But I think he's probably a fourth or fifth round guy. But I, I got to keep my eye on him. I absolutely do. Yeah, the, the other guy I, I was wondering if you uh, – I didn't see him do any uh, – you know, stay in and do any blocking, but uh, that the metric Felton from uh, UCLA, he 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 gave me he reminded me a lot like where he could he could take on like a Dave Meggett type role if uh, we were able to grab him. Well, that's not a tight end though. No, no, I'm talking about the. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to stick with tight ends. I'm thinking to myself, he's not playing tight end. <laughs> No, no, no. You, you was, you had touched on the running backs a little while ago, and, and yes, I, uh, yeah. I just picked up on that. Just to... well, because Felton also is somebody that is converting to a new position too. They yes. were actually utilizing him as a wide receiver. Correct. Right. He yeah. looked really good running the routes. He, he did. Was terrific. Yeah. He, I mean, if yeah, you he... looked at, at the, if you looked at all the video that was available during that week, I mean, he, he was cutting and juking, and wow, you know, he was giving the DBs a hell of a nightmare all week. Now, isn't it funny? Who's the guy? Uh, oh my goodness! Who did the Giants play this? It was the, the, the fellow on the Redskin on the Washington team, the Washington Red team, Lance. Come on! Well, w- w- what position are we talking? The guy, about? the guy who was a receiver and converted to running back. Oh, Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. There you Antonio go, Gibson. John. Yeah. Antonio Gibson. It kind of, in that regard, reminded me of. Oh my God! This is a running back wide receiver conversion here. And the guy is showing that he's got the skills to do both, and they translate to both positions really well. I'd say, though, Felton more of a receiver, you know, Gibson more of a running back, right? Well, that's why they, yeah. they, they're going in reverse. Gibson, Gibson went the other way. This guy's going to go the other way. So I agree, but he's the one who came to mind because of the transition. Well, the more you could do, the more value you have. So, you know, the team that dressed Felton, they may not utilize him as a running back, but you know what? If they got a player or two and they want to run him out of the backfield, he can at least do that. So I would look that as an attractive piece of his talent. I don't you think there's really anything wrong with that. You know what's really funny, though, Lance? And, and, and if the call is still there, there are a number. In fact, I listed 
let's see. I went through like 15 running backs already in this draft. I list Gainwell out of Memphis, uh, Boyd out of Arkansas, and Evans out of Michigan as three running backs who also played slot or out wide as receivers in college and showed the ability to not only run routes but have the hands to do it. So, so there are a multiple number of guys if you're looking for a running back who could do those wide receiver kinds of things, you're going to be able to find one of those guys. And, Fel, uh, you know, uh, um, Felton's not the only one. Yeah, I, I understand. I was, I was just also thinking about weapons for uh, Daniel Jones to, you know, actually we could actually see really what he could do, you know. Well, that's the idea. Dave Gettleman said they need more offensive firepower, so <laughs> we're with you. All right, Marty. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. In terms of the draft class at the running back position, speaking of the Senior Bowl, because we're naming a few guys that were part of that week's festivities, Michael Carter out of North Carolina impressed Mm. me a lot. I thought he had a very productive week. He had a good game. You know, this is a guy that, you know, he's not necessarily a wow-me guy, but I think from a fundamental standpoint, you could do a lot worse than what you would be getting out of with Michael Carter. So he would be somebody that if he's still on the board, you know, depending on how the rounds play out, I know he's projected to go between rounds three and four, but, you know, if the Giants wanted to take a running back, I wouldn't have any complaints with respect to a Michael Carter. I had two issues with Carter, and I I already did some work on him. Um, Pass protection was a significant problem. And, you know... (laughs) Boy, that's the, that's the thing that came up a lot as I started looking at running backs over the weekend is that pass protection is something that you either have to believe the guy's going to learn it or that he wants to learn it, and then he's going to be good at it. Because if the guy gets to your training camp and it turns out that you can't bring that pass protection out of him, you're not going to want to play him. You're going to be scared to put him out there. And that's an issue for me with Carter. Pass protection and vision I wrote as, as questions and negatives. Uh, my positives for him were motor, quicks. He's got a second gear, and he's got good hands. But that pass pro thing is a little scary to me. Well, what's interesting is he was a consistent producer in the passing game for yep. North Carolina over the last three years. So I would have to go back and interestingly see you know how many times did they actually ask him to assume the pass protector role or just have him go out and run routes. I'd be curious to see how much of that they put on his shoulders. And if they didn't, then, yeah, he'd be more developmental in that regard. But that's why I said if the Giants have a veteran on the roster that is the true complementary piece to Saquon Barkley, then they could afford to draft somebody who is far from a finished product and develop him along the way. I think they would have the flexibility to do that. Well, I and think that's the where issue, I, like, I think Michael Carter would make sense. The issue with Carter is at 5'8 and barely 200 pounds – uh, you can imagine that there will be some pass pro issues, even if they get his heart in the right place and they get his technique in the right place. Uh, he is going to have some matchup nightmares for guys rushing the quarterback. Another guy who also took part of the Senior Bowl is Larry Roundtree out of Missouri, and he's a little bit bigger than Carter. He's listed at about 210, so he's got about 10 more pounds on Carter. And, you know, here's another player that also – I wouldn't say it's a wow me guy, but just a tough runner mm-hmm. and somebody that I also think can 
fall under the radar. He's also projected to go in rounds three to four. So same ballpark as Michael Carter. I would add one thing to that, Lance, and I and and from the crop of backs that I that I saw either in the clips that I've looked at or in the Senior Bowl stuff, I think as I said at the beginning of our program, there are going to be a lot of third-day running backs available who have a make-it-grade in the league in terms of their actual physical capabilities. There are a lot of good, hard runners and guys who have some jukes. There, there really are a bunch of them. And the question's going to become, as they get to the next level, are they going to be able to handle the speed of the game? Are they going to be able to handle the, the durability uh, with the game, do, do they have the appropriate power quotient that when they get up here against bigger, faster, stronger defenders, they're going to be able to hack it? Uh, but but in terms of just pure talent and skill, there are a lot of running backs. It, it's a deep draft to get complementary backs. Maybe not, you know, starting a, a one guys, but one A's and twos, you could find them in this draft. There's a well, bunch you- of them. Let's bring up just a couple of names from last year's draft, just to give you an idea. Now, you had J.K. Dobbins and A.J. Dillon for the Ravens and Packers, respectively, went in round two. And then, actually, I'll look up a little bit. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts went a little bit earlier than those two. So there's three guys that I think all had productive rookie campaigns, depending on their roles. Then Antonio Gibson, who we referenced earlier, he went in round three. And then if you move a little bit slightly down to the third round, Zach Moss went to the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, right there, I named about five guys that came in year one and I thought handled themselves quite well and were productive for their respective teams. Mm -hmm. And they were all taken between the second and third round. I think as you go a little bit further, and granted, to your point, every draft is different. So we can't expect it to be duplicated. I wouldn't argue that anyone really taken in the fourth round and beyond was impactful out of the running back position. But... Normally, three and four, those rounds, there's no reason why, based on recent history, you can't find a guy that can come in, contribute year one, and then maybe by the second or third year, he blossoms into being a starter for you, perhaps out of the backfield. We've seen that plenty of times. Isn't that what the Giants did when they got Goldman? Yeah, I think he's a perfect example of that. He's a great example of it. Yeah. You're listening to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app, Lance Meadow, Paul Dottino with you. Giants fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card. Security features and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. And a reminder, the New York Giants at Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. 973-667-1960. That is the telephone number. Let's head back to the phone lines. Charlie is in Portland, Maine. What's happening, Charlie? Hey, Lance. Hey, Paul. Hi. Hey. Uh, hey, um, how's things? Everything good, I hope? We're fine. Hey, well, what's uh, your point here? Well, we don't need to schmooze <laughs> oh, us early on. on. Don't Let's get to the point at hand Wait till he says something crazy, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are talking about running back, so I, I, I just really think it depends on how our offense is going to be structured. Now that they're saying that, you know, they're changing some of the offensive structure of the team, That so if we're going to be a heavy run, like uh, Zeke Elliott type offense that Garrett ran before, if we're going to do that and feature Barkley like that, then we're going to need a really good 
running back to back him up in case he gets injured or even just to give him more blows and, and to rest him. So we're going to really need a good running back. But if we're going to open up the offense more and we're not going to rely on Barkley in the running game to be number one, we're going to use Barkley definitely, but maybe we're going to use him more for pass, you know, pass routes, screens, and that type of stuff. If we're going to open it up, hopefully we're going to have a wide receiver or a tight end or somebody's going to be a big playmaker, which we need another playmaker. And I think everybody knows that, and I think the Giants know that. So it's really going to depend on what we do with our offense. So if if we're going to have an offense like the latter I'm talking about, then you might be able to go with a two or a younger back or you know that you're not going to need to rely on to be the focus of the offense. So do you want to sign somebody, Charlie, or do you want to draft somebody? I, w- I would probably want to draft somebody since there's some really good running backs, I think, in the draft. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, but it has to be a good one. It can't be somebody that's got to develop you know, over two years or whatever. You know, if that's the case, if that depends on which offense we're running. If we're off, you know, if we're opening it up more and it's not going to be, you know, Barkley featuring Barkley running all the time, uh, then I then you can go with a I'd get somebody in the draft because then we're not going to be so reliant if Barkley goes down. We're not going to be so reliant on a running game to be our offense. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, but you can't get too caught up in the philosophy because you just never know when a guy's going to go down. I think you choose to have as much depth as possible, period, regardless of the style of your offense. Dallas, for example, had Zeke Elliott, and they brought in Tony Pollard, and they barely gave touches to their other running backs besides Zeke. But in the event that Zeke missed a game, which he did earlier this season, Tony Pollard filled in, and he was ready to go. So, you know, it's not so much about the offense, and we appreciate the phone call, Charlie. It's more about bringing in a versatile group of players at a position so that you can have the ability to mix and match. So if Garrett wants to have a guy in that can catch the ball in the backfield, he has that. If he has a guy that also can pound it for two to three yards up the gut, he has that. I think versatility is important. But to me, it doesn't really, Paul, have much to do with the style of your offense because the whole point of having a guy on the roster is that you feel he's more than capable of being productive regardless of what you're running well, from an offense. I, I do standpoint. disagree to some extent, Lance, and I'm going to be with Charlie on this one in that I do think that your style of offense is important because if you draft a guy who is a plotter and he is a power back and he's a between-the-tackles kind of guy and you really don't really want to style your offense in that way, well, then having him as, as the backup isn't necessarily going to help you. Now, where you're right is it's best to get a guy who has multiple skills who can't be pigeonholed into one specific style. So in one regard, you're right because you'd like him to be able to adapt to anything that you're going to have to do. But in another way, Charlie's right because if you take a guy who does not have the versatility – and is pigeonholed into a style that you may not really want to run, that's a mistake. So both of you are right to some degree. Well, but once again, I think when you're a team looking for a free agent running back or whatever it may be, I think you're looking at what you run, but you're also looking at the fact that you're going to bring in a player who you feel has the confidence, and you have the confidence in him, that he can be productive within your scheme. What team in their right mind is going to bring in a player that they don't feel 
they can move around or put in, God forbid, their number one guy goes the down. Giants. It defeats the purpose no, the of Giants. them bringing in that player. The Giants did exactly what you said they shouldn't do when they signed Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is not a pass catcher. Admitted to us that he had never caught a touchdown pass in his entire life until he caught one the other day, uh, you know, for the Giants when he was in there as a reserve this past season. He is not. He is not a sideline runner. He's not a guy with great jukes. He's not a guy with great speed. You'll never line him up in the slot. You'll never go empty backfield and run him outside to the boundary. Alfred Morris is a very, very strict, one-dimensional, give me the ball, and I'm just going straight ahead and plowing it with power and strength. That's all he is. And that's what the Giants signed because Garrett knew him from the Cowboys, and he said, look, I can fit this guy into our system in the kind of stuff that we're going to run. So they did exactly what you just disagreed with, and it worked for them. Morris fit the bill. So I'm with Charlie on that part of the equation. Now, is it better well, but to more, sign hold a on. versatile Morris guy? Is also, but from a volume sure standpoint, is. Morris is a proven running back that has shown, especially early in his career with Washington, where he can be the number one back. So I disagree in terms of they went with a guy that had experience saying, God forbid one of our guys goes down. We have no problem giving Morris 13 to 15 carries. He'll be fine because we know he can handle that. Yeah, but he's one-dimensional. He's not, he's not going to line up in the slot. He's not going to line up in motion and go empty backfield out to the boundary. He's not going to run a lot of sideline scheme stuff. That's not what he does, Lance. Yeah, but who you says you need him to do that, that you, you, you But who, to but who says you need him to do that? I know you hate to be wrong. This no, time you're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. No, see, Paul, the problem is, no, no, see, this is the problem, Paul. It happens. It's called an opinion. No, 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 it's called There's an no opinion, There's no opinion. Paul. Alfred you, Morris is a one-style running back. I'm not, I'm not arguing that Alfred Morris is a versatile back he's at the top versatile. of the list. What I'm arguing is that Alfred Morris is more than capable of being a guy that could get a high workload and be productive. That's my point. Yeah, well, my understanding based on what you were saying was about styles of backs, and you were insisting the guy you get has to be versatile. And I think in a perfect world, you'd like that ability. But in this case, they took a guy who was one-dimensional, added him to the roster because they knew that the one dimension he had fit their style exactly. and scheme. So they knew Which going in means... when bringing in the player right. that he would be able to do what they wanted. Yes. That was my and point. That, and that was Charlie's point. That was okay. Charlie's point. You you were insisting about the versatility. you got to be able to do everything. No, no I'm saying in that the, in this my regard, point is, is that you, was don't, right. you don't just look at your offense and say we have to bring in a back simply because we're going to pound the ball. First of all, if you looked at the Giants' offense this season, some games they pounded the ball, other games they didn't pound the ball a lot. Remember, it's based on matchups. Right. So that's why I disagree with you. Look at your offense. If your offense is going to evolve every week, then you can't worry about bringing in a back if you may not go run happy every single week. That defeats the purpose, then, well, of signing a back for that you purpose. You don't bring in a scat back if that's not the kind of stuff that your offense runs. That's a mistake. Okay. You, you, you don't bring Dean Martin in to sing disco. You bring Donna Summer in to sing disco. Yeah, but okay? getting back to Alfred that's what, Morris. That's what we're talking about. Okay, but the bottom line is Alfred Morris was capable of doing what they wanted out of him. So I don't understand how it was a problem then. It's not. He's a one-dimensional guy who had the dimension that they wanted to use. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah. He's a fit. But that, that was and- Charlie's point. You bring in a guy who fits. 
Correct, but you can also... Can you stand the fact that he actually said something that made sense? I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was adding to the (laughs) conversation. See, the problem is, Paul, every time I bring up something that may not duplicate what the caller says, I'm disagreeing with him. No, it's called adding to the conversation. It did sound like you were disagreeing with him. I apologize. So so here's the thing. Every show I do, I have to worry about how you interpret every word that comes out of my mouth. I can't operate under those circumstances. It's impossible. I will never please you. I will never please you if that's your logic. No, no, we we, we would get along great the first half hour. Well, you guys but it's not a matter of getting along. Was... It's a matter of having a conversation. It's when okay. two people have a conversation, they're not always going to agree. They're going to bring different things. It's not a battle. It's a conversation. Do you remember at the beginning of what I said is that both of you are right to a degree? But I don't need to be painted as right. See, that's okay. where I disagree. You're All going right. into every conversation, and there has to be right. somebody that is Let's declared go to the, next the winner. Call. I, it's but fine. but I don't go into conversations expecting to be the winner. I go into a conversation saying I'm going to react to what the other person says. If I agree with them, great. If I don't, mm. we can move on and we can coexist. I don't go. I'm going into this conversation. At the end of the day, five people need to determine my opinion was better than the other person. Would you like I never to sign James like Conner off the Steelers roster? That's a football question we could talk about if you like. But but see, Paul, if you're going to bring those things up and then I come back and add to the conversation, your answer is we're going to dismiss the conversation. We're going to move on see that you because people that. are people listening to this don't need to hear about the pettiness well then they but don't. then people also don't need you to then psychoanalyze everything i say but I, I will I in will fairness be, i will i will be glad to to point out the validity or the non-validity of whatever else is said i'm fine with that but i'm not i'm not going to get into a this and that with you rich is on the line in tampa why don't we go to him fine rich welcome to the program Rick, Rick, what's up, guys? Rick, I, Rick it says Rich listening. on the screen. How are you? I know it's no, no, it's the only Rick from Tampa. That's it. Okay. I'm listening to you guys banter back and forth, I love it. I love it. Good, good conversation. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you though. You know, with things opening up and everything, when are you gonna be back in the studio? God only knows. I'm not, not joking. It's impossible to tell, Rick, at this point. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball. <laughs> and that I think is the, a, that's the right answer, I think the answer, good news Lance. is we have a show. I think that's the most important <laughs> exactly. aspect. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. We're still uh, talking you... about it. That's, uh, that's, that's fine. You know, I got a question for you. If, uh, and I know I, I, we talked about last week, I was saying I was, I think one of you guys picked it up. I was hoping that quarterbacks were picked one, two, three, four, so that would free up better picks for the Giants. But yeah. if, for say, I'm, you know, Devontae Smith, he's not going to land with the Giants. But. If Chase, if we have um, uh, Chase versus Pitt, and we have that choice, where do you think the Giants would go with that? <laughs> Wouldn't they love to have that choice? I know it would be nice. I mean, let's football that way. Who would they go with? Would they? I mean, who would they go with? I'm not going to pretend to be you. Dave Gettleman because I. Yeah, we're we're not in the building, so I, you know, I would not even pretend to get into his head right now. Who would I go with if I had the choice? Ah, uh, I would probably go with Chase, but boy, Pitts would be very attractive. <laughs> yeah, I would go with Chase too. I also think Even it's the value of the wide receiver off. versus the tight end. Off. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you you know, and 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 in all honesty, you can't go wrong with either guy. So uh, this is a, definitely a case where Lance, there is no right or wrong. <laughs> there really isn't, because both of these guys are going to be terrific pros. Um, but yeah, I I just. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I just my, my gut's telling me to go with Chase, and I don't necessarily hey, have a I, great reason to give you because it's like splitting hairs. These guys both right. have tremendous potential. 
Well, I've watched a lot of Pitts down here, obviously, as a Gator fan, uh, So, but he's amazing. But, you know, real quick, too, is that if for sake the conversation that the uh, lineman from Oregon, Sewell, right, is, is available right. at the same time, if he slipped down, would that be a no-brainer, or is that like we're happy with our offensive line and that would be it? You want to take every guy in the potential top 10 and drop them down to 11? Is that what you want to do yeah. to us? <laughs> I mean, is, is that fair? It could be an off. No, it could be a very offensive driven, not not offensive line driven, a very mm. offensive driven draft. It looks like it's shaping up. You got four or five quarterbacks. You got three or four wide receivers. Eh, you know, Would if you, you believe them? that, if you believe that Sewell is literally an absolute bona fide, decade long Pro Bowl player, who's you know, get, you know, this guy's got got it all. How could you not take him at eleven? If he sits there, that means he has fallen many spots that he never should have fallen, and you can't go wrong taking a super stud Pro Bowl Hall of Famer, right? I think yeah. it also depends on what the Giants' board looks like, too. Well, if they think he's that good, though, Lance, right? Yeah, if, well, if, I'm saying if they, if they think he's above and beyond even the wide receivers and the tight ends who they have highly ranked, and your philosophy is, hey, Somebody dropped to us we never expected. He's the best player available. Then you take the offensive lineman, and you don't ask any questions. I agree. You've got to do it at that point. Because in order for him to be available, those wide receivers and pits would not be there, I would imagine. That would only be the scenario that that would right. fall. So uh, that, that, that's a good point. So, yeah, that was just thought I'd throw that out to you, break up the little argument you guys were having. I agree with you, though, about the running back. You're, you're saying is that a, a running back to back up Saquon has got to fit the mold of what Saquon does. Is that what you were saying, Paul? No. What, what I'm suggesting is that when you go and get a running back, to, to for, once you figure out what slot he's going to hold, now you have to decide if you're not going to get the multifaceted, versatile guy that I, I was under the impression Lance wanted, if you're going to get somebody who is more scheme fit, like what Charlie wanted, you better make sure that guy fits that scheme. Don't get somebody who is an Oreo cookie if you want a chocolate chip. you got to make sure if you're going to go scheme-specific, you get the right guy. That's what I'm saying. Right. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. No, I appreciate it. You know, it's always great talking to you guys. And uh, uh, enjoy the uh... – the, the spring, right? Spring up there yet? Come on, it's 80 degrees. Well, <laughs> we got another storm coming. in the 30s here in New York. What are you talking about, Rick? Jeez, 40s today, I mean, come though. On. 40s today. Well, yeah, but, I mean, for the most part, it's been in the 30s. Yeah. Here. I mean, it's, it's very much winter With still. ice all over the ground. Yeah, I mean, it may, be, mm. it may be the spring compared to, you know, unfortunately what's going on in Texas. And, by the way, we hope uh, all of our listeners are yeah. doing well in Texas. I know a lot of people have lost power in that <sighs> neck of the woods uh, given – the uh, winter storm that they're dealing with. So uh, hopefully that they will be able to overcome that. It's never fun when you're uh, hit by a storm and it knocks out the power. So hopefully that'll be mm. back up and running sooner rather than later. As you are listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live, brought to you by the new X-Series of scratch-offs from the New York Lottery. Now you can multiply your winnings up to 200 times. Please play responsibly. 973-667-1960 is the telephone number. You can also chime in on Twitter. I'm at Lance Meadow. One word, last name, M-E-D-O-W. He is at Giants W-F-A-N. Let's head back to the line. Steve is in D.C. What's happening, Steve? <laughs> hey, what's up? First of all, I want to say Happy New Year to you guys, man. I, I, I was just Same to you. I had to call yep. in. I didn't even really know what I was going to say, but I had to call in you because you guys are comical. You guys are killing me today. <laughs> I can't believe it. Listen, let, 
Hey, we're having a good time, Steve. Trust me. It's all in good fun. We're having a good time. I know. Me too. Thanks to you guys. Y'all made my day. Listen, but I gotta tell you, Lance, you did agree. You did disagree with Charlie, like you always do. So let's let's make this be clear that you definitely. Yeah, I said that. I I wouldn't get caught up in the offensive scheme. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) Yeah. So I I don't understand what the problem is. But what's the problem, though? Listen, I listen. I have no problem. (laughs) Listen, no problem here. I'm just. I'm thanking you guys for entertaining me. This has been a ridiculously fun show. Good. Hey, listen, I, you know, I really, first of all, I just want to call with you Happy New Year. I tell you guys, keep it going. But it, it definitely let you know, Lance, you definitely agree with Charlie. But all I want to say is. But I know, wasn't I, disputing, disagreeing with Charlie, though. I said I wouldn't get caught up too much in the offensive scheme. I'd consider it. It wouldn't be the first thing I'd consider. That's all. Lance, you know who you are, buddy. You, you know, you're a great, you're a great commentator, man. But, you know. I don't know if it's instinct or what, man. We always find an issue to, you know, to separate yourself. I'm not having an issue. Steve, we're we're debating what I've already agreed with, which is I didn't agree wholeheartedly with what Charlie said. I I don't understand what the purpose and the point is here. (laughs) Football. Back to football. Listen, listen, as you can tell, I'm calling some time, man. But I'm all about piss. I don't know how y'all got on running back. But I really want, you know, Pitch from Florida. I'm, you know, I'm a Gator. I love the guy. I've been wanting him for months and months and months and months. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know where things are going to go, you know. But, I, you know, I'm still true blue. But, hey, man, I want to see Pitch. I'm going to get out your way. Just want to thank y'all for giving an awesome show. And uh, Steve, going, before, you go, before you go, before you go, I know you're a Gator guy. So you've probably seen a hell of a lot more of Pitch than any of us have on this program. Okay. So you tell me, is he is he so great? Is he so spectacular that you're going to tell me you'd even try to move up from eleven to get him? Because I don't think they're going to move up. I think they're going to be at eleven, and I don't think he's going to be there. I don't. I don't think you move up. I don't think we're going to move up the type of year. I just don't. You know. No. I mean, as much as I love him, and believe me, I mean, I, I mean but I mean, definitely got to take him. But no, move up. No. I mean, listen. I, even though I'm not really too big, I, I kind of like the, you know, the kid from Bama. We definitely need an edge rusher. So, I mean, I'd move back before I move up. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just being real with you. So, no, no. I mean, I, I'm comfortable with the way the picks went last year. You know, I'm not a huge gentleman guy, but I believe that we have this thing going in the right direction. I love the coaching staff, you know. Let's just coach these players up. But, no, move up, no. Let's, let's not do that. Let's not. All right, Steve, I'm so, with you. All right, Steve, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. You know, Lance, the, 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 the different mocks that have come out, and we both know how we feel about mocks. We agree on that a 1,000%. Uh, as we've seen all these mocks come out, you know, I, I can't tell you if I've actually seen one that has pits going below the Giants. I've seen a lot of people say he's going to go higher, and I've seen a couple of people, NFL Network, say pits to the Giants – Nobody seems to think he gets past 11 at the very latest. Have you? I've seen him go relatively high in most mock drafts. But remember, you know, things are early now. And, you know, once we get into more individual workouts and we look at the trades at free agency, the needs of those teams could very well change. The other thing, though, that I'm keeping in the back of my mind is in recent history, TJ Hawkinson and Eric Ebron are probably the two tight ends that come to mind that have been drafted relatively high Mm -hmm. outside of those two it's just not a position 
that you see teams say, hey, this is what we want to address here in the draft. Now, Pitts is a very different talent. He's unique. He can do a lot of things. I get that. So, you know, this could be the exception to the rule. But once again, you just wonder, is that going to take over? And teams are going to say, do we really want to invest that high of a pick in a tight end if maybe we don't even know exactly how we're going to utilize that player? And could that then have him drop a little? It's possible. You have to at least entertain that. Yeah, I, I guess it's possible. I wonder, as we know this is a copycat league, look at the success of the teams that have had high-producing tight ends, though. And you look at Kansas City, obviously, uh, uh, the Raiders, uh, and I'm just talking AFC right off the top, Mark Andrews with Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, these are tight ends who have, have been significant parts of their team's offenses more than in recent years, and these teams have been contenders. And then obviously, I mean, do we need to even talk about Kittle in San Francisco? <laughs> you know, and Gronk with Tampa Bay? So is it possible that maybe the tide is turning now that tight ends are becoming more important parts of these offenses and teams will start to put higher values on them? Is that possible? I think that that's certainly a part of the conversation. What I think is fascinating about what you just said, Kelsey was a third-round pick. Waller was a sixth-round pick. Mm -hmm. Kittle was a fifth-round pick. So to Mm -hmm. me, it's an example of, you're right, the tight end has a great deal of value. But I think that's a reflection of the respective teams developing those players, Paul, as opposed to saying going in, hey, this position's important, so we have to take this guy high. I think it's more of, hey, we know this position's important. We see potential in this guy. We bring him in. We develop him. We could get him to the point where he's going to be a true number tight end. Different schools of thought. But to me, you named three of the best tight ends in the league right now, and all of them were taken in the third round or later. Yeah, no, I, and, and I, I see the point, and that does make sense too. Get them later and coach them up and get them yeah. to become important parts of the team. The other side of that is, wow, look at how important those tight ends are. We better get one as soon as we can before somebody else does. It could go either way, and that's why I pose the question because it does seem like right now tight ends are gaining a little more momentum in these offensive schemes. Well, and here's the other thing that I think is connected to what we're talking about. If you're a team and you say to yourself, we really don't think we've got a wide receiver that is a true number one or wide receivers that are going to take the top off the ball and be true difference makers, but we think that this guy who we draft can be that number one guy, then I understand the logic of taking a tight end high. For example, Detroit, I'm sure, said to itself, yeah, we got Kenny Galladay, but, you know, outside of him, we don't necessarily have a wow-me guy. So, you know what? Hey, we bring in TJ Hawkinson. He could be our number two wide receiver, technically. So if you think Pitts could be your number two guy, or, hell, maybe you think he's your number one guy, I understand the logic if you view him in that mind. But what I'm saying is if you don't view him in that mind and you're sort of force-feeding it based on just athleticism, I think that's where you get into somewhat of a dangerous territory. I would agree with that. So that's going to be a wild card pick because, to your point, depending on how Pitts goes, that then moves somebody else down in the draft. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. could be good or maybe that's bad for the Giants. <laughs> it really, at this point, is too early to tell. But that's what we do when we're a little bit away from the NFL draft. All right, that is going to wrap up Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Certainly every, appreciate everybody tuning in. Over the next few days, we'll continue our free agency preview as we'll focus on a different position moving forward. So absolutely stay tuned for that. And a reminder that Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by the 
new X series of scratch offs from the New York Lottery. Now you can multiply your winnings up to 200 times. Please play responsibly. We mentioned Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find the archive of the show on our entire podcast network, brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. We'll be back up and running with Wednesday's edition at noon Eastern. For Paul Dettino, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.